You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're Canada's number one tech radio program. We've got a lot of uh, fun stuff to talk about today. Uh, as uh, the weeks wear on here, we're still talking about Twitter. We're going to do a recap of all the craziness that has happened this week in the Twitterverse. It just it's never ending, John. We can we you can't even keep up. No, and by the time this show ends. <laughs> It'll all be different. Yeah, that that fast. We're also going to be talking about hearing technology and specifically around hearing aids. They have uh, advanced dramatically over the past 10 years and there's all sorts of new features. And it's kind of a learning uh, journey for me because I know one day I'll probably be <laughs> looking at some type of uh, hearing enhancement. So uh, we're going to be talking with the folks over at uh, Unitron about uh, some of the tech advancements they have. I have to say, I, I'm. This is a really interesting topic because, like you, I'm getting up there, and I've always heard from uh, family that have hearing aids how problematic they are, and and some of my family are not very tech savvy, and I I, I can't imagine having to deal with some of the problems that they've dealt with, but it sounds like maybe it's not going to be so bad. Well, we'll find out, and. I'm going to uh, give a little bit of a, a review on uh, a new robot. I think a lot of people are familiar with Roombas, the little vacuum cleaner robots. Well, they have a new one that not only vacuums, but mops as well. And I'll tell you the, uh, the good, the bad, and the uh, ugly. Let's get into some of the tech news uh, this week, though. Uh, big announcement from Meta, which is um, essentially Facebook. And Instagram. And Instagram and WhatsApp. Uh, they renamed themselves to to Meta, I guess, is the parent company. To align with their Metaverse goals. Yeah, they, well, they've laid off 11,000 people worldwide. 11,000 people, John. That sounds like a lot, but what I didn't realize is they actually have, that's only 13% of their workforce. Yeah. They actually have over 87,000 employees globally. Not anymore. Well, this is true. I, I just, I can't, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Like to to do that many layoffs in like one day, like they have to do them by email. Well, and that's cr that's crappy. It's crappy, but uh, yeah, because we were talking about this before. Like, how do they make the decision? Did they just tell all the managers, okay, you got to cut 10, 20, 30% of your staff? Yeah. And um, how do you decide where those cuts are going to have to come from? You know, are you like how the, how objective is it? Do you know what I mean? Well, and, and this is the this is the thing because you know we're going to get into it with the Twitter stuff that's been going on, but um, one of the problems is you don't know where all the skeletons are. No, because these developers and engineers and and important people in your organization they know a lot of stuff that's probably not on their job description. Yeah, and unless you have an intimate knowledge of what that employee is doing, you may be letting someone go that is really pivotal to a key piece of your infrastructure. Yes. And it sounds like that's been happening at Twitter. <laughs> yes. <which laughs> to, we'll to, a, to a certain degree. We'll get into that in a bit. But. So uh, 11,000 employees. When I first heard that, that Meta was laying off that many people, uh, I, I immediately thought of their Metaverse, their VR side. But it, it basically encompasses some of that, but just the rest of the company as well. Like you said, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp as well. Yeah, and, and, and this is a very similar story to what we'll talk about with Twitter in that sense that they grew really fast, very quickly, uh, and very large. Um, 
the the eighty seven thousand uh, employees thing that was as of the end of September, but in twenty seventeen they only had eighteen thousand employees. So in less than five years, they basically ballooned up to it's this, almost sixty thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy when you think about that. Yeah, um, analysts saying basically this was all due to share price <laughs> going down dramatically. Uh, fueled by the rise of TikTok, which has over a billion active users. Like, how fast did that grow? And its failure failure of its push into the metaverse. I, yeah. I think they they bet too big on that for the short term here. Well, yeah. I mean, it's no secret that you and I are big fans of VR and that technology. And it, their their headset. Their headset. And yeah. they, we, really, we really wanted to, to become a mainstream thing. It's just not there yet. No despite throwing all this money and resources at the problem. Like we use these headsets and we've talked about it on the program. Like these things have been great for virtual meetings. Yeah. Like I, I think hands down, it is fantastic. The entertainment side, fantastic. Like there's some great games in yeah. entertainment and I love watching VR videos on it as well. YouTube's got a fantastic section for that, but it's just, I mean, they try to create their own world as well called horizon world. And it's just not there. It's like, it's almost like, I don't know, Minecraft or Atari well, but, but <laughs> level that, graphics. But that's the thing is they're competing in a, in a VR 3D world against some very, very compelling 2D video game console games yeah. like Animal Crossing, which I got really into during the pandemic uh, because it's just a nice escape. And it doesn't have the best graphics in the world, but it has good enough graphics. Yeah. The problem with the VR Horizons worlds is that it's not even that level. No. Despite spending literally fifteen didn't even have billion dollars. Didn't even on. have legs till recently. Well, and then we still don't have legs. Oh, they're not here yet. No, they're not here yet. Yeah. But they're coming. But again, really, that's what you're gonna like <laughs> convince that, the world that's, to. That's a major feature update. Right. Now with legs. We got legs. Yeah. So I mean, where do they go from here? Like, how far do you think we are away from anything meaningful from a, a VR standpoint that has more of a mass adoption? Like, I still think it's like 10 years out, man. It's hard to say because at the same time, we're talking about, you know, how slow this is to advance. And then you you flip over to the other page with AI and AI-generated worlds, music, imagery, videos, all this kind of stuff could they not plug in some of that technology into that world to make this a more compelling space? And we've seen these amazing advances in AI literally over the course of weeks. You know, and we were just playing with something the other day where you can actually type in a text prompt and create music. Uh, that was amazing, John. What was that called again? I forget the name of it. Mubert. Mubert. Like, so I could say uh, dinner music, piano funky, whatever kind of things that I, I want that kind of music to be. And it will create like a loop for me of yeah. music. And John, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we talk about using it for background music for our YouTube videos and our yeah. TV show, but it could be used for just about anything. And this is just something that's basically free to play around with. You can only imagine if you actually put some resources behind these types of things and create virtual worlds with music scores and everything else all... AI generated on the fly based on your particular set of preferences. Uh, let's move on to another story that uh, I'm going to put in the folder. Maybe not a good idea. 
<laughs> so I have a Tesla. Yes. I don't shut up about it, I guess. No, you do not. No. Well, it looks like Zoom, we, you know, do Zoom meetings a lot, is coming to Tesla's for in-car conference calls. What could possibly go wrong with So that? many things, John. So many things. So I don't have all the details yet. You know, will we actually be able to use the camera? Apparently, there's a camera above the rearview mirror. It's not accessible in any way, but the rumor is that it would be available to, you know, have the video of you in the car for that call. But I'm I'm hoping that this is just for when you're parked. So so we should say, I mean, we often have our our group team meetings via Zoom when you're commuting to the office. Yes. Because you leave late. Yes. Because you sleep in. No, I, I work <laughs> early in the morning. Sure. I get a lot of work done at home. Okay, sure. Uh, anyways, you join these these Zoom meetings via your phone, yeah. via audio. Yes. And it's fine. Like yeah. it, 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 you, At least you're able to hear the conversation, uh, you know, contribute what you need to, to contribute. I just don't know if we need to see you driving and or if you need to be able to see us while you're driving. I'm hoping it's just if if the vehicle's moving, it's audio. Yeah. It, and will it use only Wi-Fi or because the car has a built-in cellular capability? Yeah. Will they let that happen? I don't know. Yeah, it's a little too early to say for sure, but uh, it sounds like you might have to pay for uh, the premium connectivity add-on. Oh, I have that. Do you? Yeah, because I just love paying for a million subscriptions. I think that's another like 15 bucks a month so that I can yeah. have, so I can stream Spotify properly. 10, 10 US uh, a month. I think it's 15 Canadian. Yeah, that makes sense. They just kind of gouge you everywhere they, they possibly can. Okay, we're going to take a break here on Get Connected. When we come back, still lots to talk about. We'll uh, be looking at hearing technology, how far that's uh, advanced. And I'll uh, be giving a bit of a review on the uh, new iRobot Roomba Combo J7 Plus. It's a vacuum robot and it mops as well. But coming back after the break, we'll be talking about all the crazy stuff that's happened at Twitter this week. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Still lots to talk about on today's program. Coming up in a couple segments, hearing technology and uh, the latest uh, robot review on the new Roomba combo mop vacuum let's talk twitter john where to start oh my god it's just every day there's something uh, new so uh earlier this week they launched a new badge for official sites or official twitter handles like governments and brands and public figures like us yep i mean people anybody in the media were always able to get verified you have to submit uh, your credentials. You have to submit your uh, ID, yes. like a scan of your passport or your driver's license. And and then it takes a, a process where you get verified. Man, yeah, by humans. By humans. Yeah. And basically what they've wanted to, what Elon has wanted to do when, since he took over uh, Twitter is let that be available to everybody. And we're still scratching our head as to what would this, what benefit would this be other than it's a badge that you've paid 10 bucks or uh, yeah, it's $10 a Canadian uh, for a this, month for this privilege. Yeah. But to your point for a few hours, there was going to be a double badge. Yes. There's a gray verification badge and there's also the blue check mark verification, the blue check mark verification, which is typically or previously was for media and public figures, etc. cetera. Um, that was going to be for Twitter blue. The gray verification was going to be for the, 
public figures, media, yeah. and the like. Within hours of it launching, Elon canceled it because <laughs> it's stupid. But they one of the another Twitter guy said it's going to be back. <sighs> I don't. By the time the show finishes, it <laughs> it might be. But so if you want to the blue check mark, meaning that you're verified, and typically that was actually a verification process. Yeah, with your ID and people checked it to make sure you are who you are. Right, because imagine you being George Clooney, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> but you don't want like a hundred other people pretending to be George Clooney. So if you're verified, then you get that blue check mark, and you're George Clooney, or uh, you're Barbara Walters, or you know Coca Cola. So what you see a lot of times, you'll see celebrities or public figures. They'll either be verified, uh, and, and quite often their their name won't be available. Like like Mike Agarbo is available as a Twitter handle that you have, yep. you're verified. Uh, sometimes people are like the real Mike Agarbo or the official Mike Agarbo. A lot of musicians and bands, they have trouble getting their single word name as a Twitter handle. So they'd be like the official or whatever. Yeah. But The real Donald Trump. Right, exactly. But the thing, the funny thing is, over last weekend, um, basically Elon <laughs> had a temper tantrum because people were changing their display name to yeah. be Elon Musk. So I, like Kathy Griffith, comedian did that. Griff, Griffin, yeah. And she did that. A, a lot of people, I think it started with Valerie Bertinelli. Yeah. And they were basically retweeting a bunch of Democratic um, uh, politicians and get the vote out, that kind of thing. But basically... Pretending they were Elon. Well, they just changed the display name. But when you look at the, the Twitter stream, it looked like Elon Musk retweeted so-and-so Democrat. Well, that didn't go over well for Elon because he hated that. And he was basically saying, if you impersonate somebody without clearly marking it as a parody, you're going to get a permanent ban on Twitter, which is exactly what he said wouldn't happen when he bought Twitter because he was going to undo all the permanent bans that happened for it's, people it's saying- It's like a 14-year-old child. Oh, I was thinking a five-year-old. Okay. With a tantrum, take his ball and go home. Um, and then, you know, one of the things he said when, when he took over Twitter is that uh, comedy is back and allowed on Twitter. So it's fine unless you're making fun of Elon, then you're going to get permanently banned. So Kathy Griffin got banned. She, she did, but she kind of still has the laugh last, last laugh because she started then commenting and tweeting from her deceased mother's account. Nice. And everyone started retweeting her. <laughs> and the other kind of funny weird thing is this became such a cra bit of craziness that at a certain point in time, any verified user was not able to actually change their display name. Clearly, Elon had said something to the team at Twitter. Shut it off. Stop that. Because you had a bunch of people, a lot, what a lot of people do when it gets, say, close to Halloween, they'll change their display name to be something kind of Halloween funny, yeah. right? Like, I was John Zombieler one Halloween, just for fun. People couldn't even change that, turn that off because they had, he basically had blocked all the access to that across the network. And again, it was just one of those things that it just looked really bad and immature for him. And it ultimately started to cause on Monday the decline of Tesla's stock value because people were so disappointed 
in how he was handling becoming the CEO of Twitter. Yes. And free, mis- free speech. Mismanaging it all. Yeah. So Twitter or Tesla took a took a nosedive as far as the stock price. Twitter is now a privately held company, so there's no stock to to be damaged other than his reputation, which clearly has happened. So if you want to be verified now, it's ten bucks a month Canadian. And it's you I why? Like I'm verified. Yeah. I'm not going to pay 10 bucks a month because what, what do I get? They say uh, coming soon features, prior, prioritize tweets in replies, mentions in search, 50% fewer ads. I don't care. Yeah, I can post longer videos. I don't care. Well, there's, there's been lots of talk about the video thing and how they're going to monetize that for creators to basically, because they talked about resurrecting Vine, which is the six second video sharing service that was a spinoff of Twitter that got canceled a few years ago, they want to bring that back and make it a longer form and actually pay creators better than YouTube, which I find hard to believe um, because it's a short form video format. John, uh, we're going to have to go to our next segment here. We're going to have to take a break. There's still so much (laughs) to talk about. Uh, But you know what? There's always next week where we can catch up again and tell you the craziness that's happening when we do come back from the break uh, a lot more tech to talk and we'll be talking about hearing technology stay tuned you are back with the program mike and john here gonna explore some technology when it uh, comes to hearing i don't know if you know this john but i'm getting up there in age i do know that i still feel like a teenager but as you get older uh and this applies to some younger folks as well uh you start losing things like hair (laughs) eyesight uh and hearing as well yes so we're going to talk about uh hearing uh technologies when it comes to hearing aids we've got a an interesting guest with us today her name is uh nicola mclaughlin she is with a canadian based health tech company called unitron thanks for joining us nicola you're very welcome so i know folks that have hearing aids uh i'm maybe not there yet although some of my friends say maybe i should be maybe you should be maybe (laughs) They always talk about my undiagnosed hearing problem. Maybe it's selective hearing. Um, so I don't know much about the technologies that are, are in hearing aids. Like, what are we looking now? Like, what's what's kind of new and, and improved in this this area? Sure. So while hearing aids are very much like the, you know, the home computing or the consumer electronic industry. So um, I think a lot of people, when they think about hearing aids, still have that, you know, the grandpa's beige banana in their mind. And we have come so far from that, you know, comparing a modern hearing aid to that is sort of like thinking about using DOS versus and, you know, the most latest and greatest iPhone. Uh, so that it is a mini computer inside the hearing aid and they are capable of doing all kinds of amazing things. So for example, uh, you know, the, the ideal scenario is that you pop a hearing aid on your ear and then you just forget about it. And it, it works seamlessly in the background to improve your hearing in all kinds of situations. And it does that by monitoring the listening environment to understand uh, what type of environment we're in. So if it's quiet or if there's conversation, conversation with background noise, and then it applies really cool algorithms uh, to help pull out speech uh, and to reduce the background noise so that you have the best possible listening experience. And has the technology advanced dramatically over the past 10 years? The technology has advanced uh, in leaps and bounds over the last 10 years. Um, Again, if you think about sort of earlier hearing aids, it was really just about 
bringing the sound up and making sounds louder. And now it, it's all the sound, more, all the sounds, basically. All the, all the sounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really just sort of about amplifying. And uh, now it's really um, sophisticated and it's, it's really about, um, compensating for your own personal hearing loss. I mean, everybody's hearing loss is a little bit different or it can be actually vastly different. So the first thing uh, that your hearing care professional can do is, is adjust that hearing aid so that it's compensating for your particular hearing loss. Uh, and then again, it can apply these very sophisticated algorithms so that it can, it can really adapt to the changing sound environment. There's also a lot of really cool practical solutions. So again, it's sort of taking a nod from the consumer electronic industry. There's things like tap control. So if you're wearing your hearing aid and your phone rings, you can just tap your hearing aid and then the phone call will go directly into your ear, sort of, you know, magic. Um, with our hearing aids, I mean, you could actually have your phone in the kitchen and you could be could be in your home office or you could be, you know, in your bedroom and, and just be able to have that phone call seamlessly. How how big are these things now? Because like you were saying earlier, the ones that I always think of are like these big things that kind of hang off the ear. Yeah, they're very small and they're very beautiful. Um, hearing aids come actually in all kinds of shapes and sizes. So the most popular one is called a uh, receiver in the canal. And that is a very small device that sits on top of your ear. And then there's an invisible wire that connects in. And the receiver part is actually in your ear, and that provides a really great sound experience. Um, but honestly, y- you probably don't even notice that people are wearing those unless you're looking. Um, we also just launched uh, our Insera product, which is called a custom hearing aid, and those come in a, a very, very small design. Uh, they are custom built for your own ear shape, and they're like they go right deep into your ear canal. So those are, sorry, those are almost invisible. Um, or you can have one that's a little bit bigger and really fully featured again with, you know, ability to connect to app and connect to phone, connect to Bluetooth, um, stream your TV. So uh, just a whole host of functionality. So I imagine there's different price ranges for these things. Like what are you getting when you're paying more? Yeah, when you're paying more, you're really getting more advanced technology inside. So if you if you get more of an entry level hearing aid, uh, again, it will definitely amplify sound and it'll give you some customization for more limited sound environments. So if you, you know if you spend more of your time in in quieter environments or in conversations that are sort of like one, two, three, four people, that's going to be a great choice for you. Um, but if you really like to go out to restaurants and you have really complex listening environments or you're going to the theater uh, or maybe you're going to, you know, to a church and the sound is really dynamic, then when you get a more expensive hearing aid, you're really getting features and technology that that adapt and, and have much higher performance in those complex environments. So I'm going to ask a question. If I'm in like a loud restaurant sitting at a table uh, with some friends and, you know, we've all been in these, you know, restaurants and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, if it's busy, it's loud. Um, so can it differentiate between the people that are close to me talking at my table compared to like, you know, the hundred other people in the restaurant? How does that work? Yeah, it can. Um, that's a that's a technology called directional microphones. And it really does focus on the person that is directly in front of you. So if you're if you're at a table uh, and you and I are engaged in conversation, it will elevate your voice and it will not elevate 
the sounds around that are sort of tables that are further away. Um, actually, just my own sort of personal experience, because obviously I, I wear them and test them out. And it does feel if you have normal hearing a bit, like it's very cool when you wear them in, a, in that type of challenging environment. Uh, we also at the highest level have a feature that will detect sort of if there's somebody close and is a primary speaker. So for example, if a waitress or a waiter were to come up behind you and they're talking, it would detect that voice and it would focus there as well. So it's it's a bit different than sort of the tables and the kind of the din of the restaurant that's all around, but that if there's a more primary voice, it can detect that and it'll point that directional microphone so that you can hear that person as well. Um, so that you're not sort of in the situation where someone's talking to you and you're not aware that they're trying to get your attention. So I'm asking all these questions because it's kind of a new thing mm-hmm. for me. I know a lot of yeah, listeners yeah. probably already have these and are like, oh, you're asking stupid questions, Mike. But um, like how yeah. long do the batteries last in these things? Right. So that depends on how small you go. So a smaller one uh, will have a shorter battery life. If you go for a really like a, a still a larger one, it'll have a bigger battery. Um, but there are rechargeable hearing instruments now and a rechargeable hearing instrument will last all day. So basically you can put the hearing aid on in the morning. You can wear it all day. Uh, you can do quite a lot of streaming, phone conversations. And then just before you go to bed at night, you can pop it out and put it in the charger and just let it charge overnight. We see a lot of uh, apps for, say, Bluetooth headsets, for example. Is there something similar for hearing aids where people can actually control the sort of maybe the sensitivity of it and just have a little bit more uh, input into how they... Customization, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, the hearing care professional is really great at setting the hearing aid so that it's compensating for your hearing loss. But the app um, brings a whole other level of, of personalization and it really allows you to, to, to change how it's performing depending on your, your mood. And maybe I could just give a little analogy. So if I you know, take the train to work every day and I'm you know, a little bit slow in the morning, I just wanna be on the train, I wanna just have a little bit of quiet, drink my coffee, wake up. You can set that app to, to make the sounds, the surrounding atmosphere quieter so that it's a more relaxing journey. Maybe a friend jumps on the train and then I want to, you know, my preferences have changed and I want to be able to engage in conversation. So I can go in the app and I can again change the performance of the hearing aid so that it's, everything is is more engaged and active and I can engage in that conversation. Uh, music is the other one. Uh, you know, people have different preferences for how they want music to sound. So you can go in, you can add more bass, add more treble, um, and just, again, not about compensating for hearing loss, but what what's your preference and what's your preference today or in the moment? We're talking with Nicola McLaughlin. She is uh, with a uh, health tech company called Unitron uh, here in Canada. We've been talking, uh, learning a little bit uh, about uh, all the advancements in uh, hearing technology. I want to thank you for joining us today, Nicola. Is there a place people can go to get more information about some of these tech things we've talked about? Yes, yeah, sure. You can go to our website, um, unitron.com. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike here with John. Robots. I love them, John. I know. Your house is just full of robots. Yeah, and my lawn. I got a lawn robot. That, that thing changed my life. Do you, have a, you don't have a robot in your trailer yet, do you? No. Why not? Well, I've got a 35-foot trailer, travel trailer. Uh, you're thinking like a vacuum robot? 
some kind of robot. Ah, it's just not big enough. I don't think. <laughs> like it would just be underfoot all the time. But you know what? I think I might have a spare one. So I'm going to try it. Just a little one. You know, if they made like one half the size. Yeah. I would be in. So they have a new one that's out that I was really excited to uh, check out. It's uh, called their iRobot Roomba Combo J7 Plus. It's a vacuum anima. So there have been some competitive models out there that kind of do this. But I like this one because they have a different take on it. So it uh, has a dock. It's called the Automatic Dirt Disposal System. So that when it's finished vacuuming the home, it goes back to the dock and all the dirt that it's picked up gets sucked up gets vacuumed by another vacuum robot. Yeah, exactly. Into like an old fashioned vacuum bag. Right. Which is great because then you're not constantly having to take the little cartridge out of the, the robot and empty that. You can have like multiple times that this thing does, you know, your home. But now with the mob, this is kind of cool. It has um, a water cartridge on the, on the vacuum itself that you fill up with water and some of the special cleaning solution. And as it's uh, vacuuming, it has kind of a mop pad that sits on top of the robot, but when it's ready to mop, it then goes down onto the floor, kind of goes out the back. It's kind of like a robot mullet <laughs> almost. And what I like about that is that it can tell the difference between like hard floor, like a laminate or uh, linoleum or hardwood floor and carpet. And so that's the problem with some of these other robots that have that mopping capability, they can't. So they're going to mop your carpet. Right, which is obviously not good. So this sounds kind of like a little Zamboni. Totally, yeah. totally. But I love that it kind of does both at the same time. So it's, 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 it's vacuuming at the front and then mopping at the back? Yeah. So it is a mullet. It is a mullet. Yeah, yeah it's it's a Roomba mullet. Party in the front? Yeah. <laughs> no, business in oh, the front. business in the front. And a, a mop party in the back. Right. And so the, uh, the mop pad is detachable so you can take that out and clean it after and believe me you're going to have to yeah especially if you got like pets or kids or anything like that and especially coming into the fall and, and winter here my only um complaint is that it's not a huge pad right you know what i mean like if you had a really super dirty floor and needed to clean it quickly you, a mop regular mop's going to do that like 10 times faster yeah, but that's that just means that you're uh, spot cleaning a spill or something like that. You wouldn't necessarily get the robot to do that. But you can, though. Yeah? Yeah, because it uh, can do Google and the Alexa voice assistant. And because it's intelligent, it's got its own operating system, you can actually tell it because it starts mapping your house. Hey, can you vacuum or, or mop the front hall or under the kitchen table. So what if what if one of your dogs did their business on the kitchen floor? Well, that's a problem. It's got obstacle detection. Right. So you don't want this thing going over dog poop. Right. Right? Yeah. So, and that's the beautiful thing about these, these new Roombas. Uh, they have that obstacle detection. This can detect like 80 different objects. So yeah. like cords and, and things like that, which was another complaint I had with the earlier models because they would just get tangled up in everything. Well, and that's why I, I stopped using uh, a robot vacuum because it would always get stuck on either one of my lamps or various cords I have on the floor all yep. the time. Socks. Yeah, but I'm thinking more like, you know, if, if, if Murph was to say pee on the kitchen floor. Yeah. You could mop that up. Though. I could mop that up. Yeah. Definitely. Of course, you'd want to really wash that pad <laughs> well. But if it sees dog poop, and it can tell, because they even have a guarantee. 
Does I'll, it, call do, it the, I'll call it the poop guarantee. They don't call it that. But Do you get like a pop-up on your phone, like poop detected or something? <laughs> I, I got to be honest, I haven't tried. I haven't had to run into that situation yet. Fortunately, Merce gotten a lot better. Yeah, but right now I have three small dogs in the house. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right? And one of them is like a puppy and there's just stuff happening. So I do appreciate that feature on it. But I have to say overall, it's it's cool. Like, it's best if you have it on a schedule. Yeah. Especially if you've got pets. You would, you'd be blown away with how much hair is on the floor, like even after half a day. Does the app give you any kind of stats as to how dirty your floors actually are or how much it had to work? I haven't checked that out. Okay. Yeah, that's my next. I'm digging deeper here. But right. if you have it on a schedule, like every night when you're in bed, maybe, my wife doesn't like that because she doesn't like hearing some weirdo noises happening downstairs but like in the morning right like after i've left mm-hmm. uh you know 10 a.m thing can come out and do its thing the other only other downside is for the mop part you got to fill the the little tank up on the robot right but it's not just to fill up with hot water or anything like that no and does it have to be their special solution or can you use anything i, I think you can use your own like they have their own but yeah. you can use they, they give you recommendations on oh, okay. what what it should be because my the other big concern i have with these kinds of devices is the consumables yeah right how much like the when it vacuums up into the hopper yes that hopper has its own bag bag yeah can it be any bag or does no it it's got to be the their bag yeah the irobot room they're not they're not that's the least of my problems Okay. I forget how much they are, but it's can like, you can you like dump it out and reuse it? You, I, I've done that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, right? Because it's also filtering all the dust and allergens. So when you start doing that, you're kind of hurting the integrity of the bag. Okay. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I can. <laughs> yeah, but I I love it. it. Okay, and it's not cheap. No, it's no, not. it's over a thousand dollars. Okay, so let's just be clear on that. They do have cheaper ones that just vacuum. Yeah, and again, if you've got pets, it's a must-have. Like they're amazing. Well, I, I think if you, because a lot of people have there's there's one of two kinds of houses. Either you you walk around in your house with sock feet or bare feet. Yeah. Or you're wearing your shoes in your house because you're going outside all the time. Yeah. If you're going outside all the time, you're probably going to want the mop feature. Exactly. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, The App Show, on every Sunday or right after this program, Saturday nights in Toronto. We're going to be talking about Mastodon, the Twitter alternative. If uh, you've had enough with all the craziness of Twitter, Mastodon is uh, a community open source version of Twitter. A little bit different, but uh, we're going to be telling you all about it on the App Show. I want to thank uh, John and Robin that helped put uh, the programs together. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We'll see you again next time.